Thanks for downloading this podcast from RNIB Connect Radio. You're listening to RNIB Connect Radio. It's Jill Barclay here with you until one o'clock this afternoon. Now, it's estimated that four million people in the UK are living with diabetes, yet not a lot of people realise the, the complications that can go hand in hand with the condition. Well, one lady who does know all about it is Diane Woodford, and she joins me on the programme now. Diane, a very good morning to you. Thank you for joining us here in the Morning Mix. Good morning. Now, you have just written a book about your experiences of sight loss with yes. diabetes. Yes. Tell us a bit about uh, how you lost your sight in the first place. We know it's diabetic retinopathy, but how did it affect you? My diabetes wasn't 100% controlled for a, a while, and I got meningitis as an infection, which really sort of sent the whole diabetes tumbling out of control. And then a few m- months later, the diabetic retinopathy um, with my eyes became the issue and my sight went more or less overnight. Well, I can completely relate to that. I lost my sight due to diabetes at the age of 19, so that was 20 years ago. That gave you a clue how old I am. <laughs> um, but I was diagnosed as a baby, and I think a lot of the problems with people not being aware of the complications that go hand-in-hand with diabetes is the fact that, you know, there's there's a lot of people don't realise that the bad control can actually uh, affect you, but also they don't realise the difference between type 1 and type 2 diabetes. Yes, that's one of the things I've really come across a lot. I was diagnosed at 13 um, for type 1 diabetes that had nothing to do with my lifestyle or me being overweight. But quite often I will get the question was, you know, was you a very fat teenager then? And I certainly wasn't. I was the opposite, a very, very thin teenager. So, yeah, type 1 is totally different from that point of view. And I think because of the media type 2 gets, I think those type 1 diabetics sometimes get pushed to one side. Oh, it really, really does. I mean, I remember back to the days when, when I was a child and having, and I know you, you have similar experiences, uh, but, you know, you had the glass syringes yeah. that had to be sterilised. Yeah. And, and then the drug addicts got them all free. I know, it was the drug they addicts got that the got the disposable needles. Disposable plastic needles, what, you know, made life so much difference for us. Yeah, it was a very, it was a time when my mother was very sort of cross with the whole issue of, you know, this isn't fair in on the NHS. Uh Yes, I know exactly what you mean. My mother was absolutely livid as well. And there was a huge campaign at the time to get free disposable needles for diabetics. Um, But being diabetic as a child, I mean, it's one of those things that I don't know about you, Diane, but I didn't know really anybody else in my school. I think there was one other boy um, in one school that I went to that had diabetes. So it was something that my friends didn't understand. My junior school, I was the first diabetic they've ever had. And they they sort of really tried to wrap me in cotton wool. And I think a lot of me were screaming out inside saying, I just really want to be the Diane I was a few weeks ago. Exactly. Now, I know that you lost your sight uh, coming up for seven years ago now. Yes. And uh, obviously, it's a tremendously painful time for you um, or for the individual, but, but also for the family as well. Now, I read on your website, you know, this really touching account of, of the morning you woke up yes. and you couldn't really see very much at all. Tell us about that. It was a sort of waking up and realizing that, oh, actually, I think it's that sort of 
moment when you're half asleep as well, so you, you're not quite sure whether your brain's kicked into gear with the rest of you. And it was all really blared and very out of focus. And I knew that it was still it was light outside, so it shouldn't have been dark in my room, but it was. I sort of stumbled over to the bathroom and just washed my face with cold water. I think it was probably a reaction most people would have done if they woke up feeling really blurred. And I kept doing this, and then I looked in the mirror, and I realized I actually couldn't see my reflection. And I think that was a sort of, this is, you know, this is something serious. Now it wasn't, you know, it's not just a bit sleepy. And you and, do have children, Diane, as well. You were frightened to tell your daughter, weren't you? Yes. My daughter and my mum, I think I found it hard. I think because I, I actually sat, I put the lid down on the toilet, sat down and thought, what do I do now? And that feeling of your, your stomach tip-tailing and you don't know what's going on and you know it's something serious, I just didn't want that for my children. I didn't want it for my parents. I knew that, you know... However hard I was finding it, it was going to be equally hard for them. And I didn't want to put them through that pain. Of course, because as I was saying earlier, you know, sometimes you you do think of, of the other person, the other people in your life closest to you rather than yourself. And I know I did it with my own mother. She caught me crying in my bedroom one day and uh, I didn't realise she was there. And when she came in and sat down beside me, I'd said to her, you know, I can't bear for you to look at me like this it must be absolutely you know terrifying yeah. for a mother to because look at you her do daughter your best, don't you mm. for that you, you just you just don't want to put them through it and i think you know that goes for all sorts of sight loss you don't really want to put your family and your friends through that you just want to be this person you were before before them Exactly. Now, I know that when I lost my sight, Diane, I desperately wanted to meet somebody that was blind as well to, you know, get a bit of insight yes. from them to, to learn how to live yes. a new life with sight loss. I had a two-year-old and two teenagers and I wanted to, to desperately, especially the two-year-old, to speak to other parents who were visually impaired because the professionals who were coming out to see me, the health officers, I'd never worked with a blind parent before, so I wanted to speak to people who were actually living that experience. Well, the difference that I found was, and this is what I didn't realise at first, Diane, uh, people who have lost their sight from birth, are you know I, I don't mean completely different to people who have lost their sight in in yeah. later life but you, there is a difference there because there is, yeah. you know a lot of people that have been blind from birth have said to me well what we've never had we don't miss yeah uh, so it must be worse for you and yet I was saying to them well it must be worse for you because you've never seen and I've got memory of it so there was that whole kind of um you know difference between you know people that I'd met at the time who had who had not lost their sight as such but had been born blind so I yeah. found that really difficult to connect with somebody and I know that's one of the reasons that you decided to write a book about your experiences because you want to educate people don't you? Yes I was and I wanted it to be more than a handbook what a professional gives you I wanted it to be from my heart really and to say look I, I do understand and you know I do understand how difficult it is now but you know, there is laughter along the way, and I think the book just bring that out, that there's parts of the book, what makes you want to cry, 
because you you can feel that raw emotion. But on the other side of that, there is bits of the book which is really, really funny. And, you know, I can laugh at myself. But I wish I'd had that to hand when I first lost my sight. Very much so. I know that the, for me at the time, uh, hysteria, I think, almost set yeah. in because you would laugh at the silliest of things. You know, my mother was so busy looking, you know, looking yeah. at my feet to make sure that I wasn't going to trip over anything, that she'd bang my head off things or yeah. my, my shoulder would be banged off things. And it was a huge learning experience for all of us because none of us had ever known anybody that was blind. So we felt very marooned on this mm. kind of island that... Yeah. that we didn't know who to reach out to. So it's it's a, a terrifying experience. But, you know, it is one of those things that, that we did laugh so much. And I think people find that really hard yeah, to get their heads just, around. I mean, I, I brought a lot of humour to it, mainly because I had two teenagers and, and a toddler. But the two teenagers still needed to live their lives. And I didn't want them to go to school or college thinking, I wonder what's happening with mum at home. Exactly. I didn't want them to be worried about me. I wanted them to see me as the mum I've always been. Except that your eyes don't work. Yeah, yeah. And Joe took that quite well at the age of 13. He thought it was quite funny putting me into male toilets at at shopping centre. So there you are, mum, that's the ladies, and then letting me go. Well, do you know, the funny thing is, I used to go into a lot of male toilets as well, but that was my mother's fault. I think, you know, my mother wasn't dyslexic, but she was when it came to toilet Toilet door signs. (laughs) She could never get that little man and the little lady, uh, you know, in her head properly. But um, the good news is, Diane, for many people out there that are losing their sight, whether it's due to diabetes or not, is that your book landed on your doormat yesterday the coffee and you're so excited aren't you i I am so excited about it it's just like even from the front cover the front cover has been done it's a picture of me and darcy my guide dog but it's been done with my eyesight over the top of it so it's all very blurry with black dots everywhere you can't quite work out what the picture is but that is so good to be able to say to people that is how i see because the amount of people say, what do you see? It's always really hard to sort of tell people exactly. So I can now say, we well, you have to go and buy my book and then you can see what I see. Well, exactly. I mean, the common misconception about people who are registered blind is that they see nothing. Yeah. And uh, we know that, that that's not true. Now, you know, I do see nothing. I'm one of that kind of 6% of, yeah. of blind people that see absolutely nothing. nothing. Yeah. But, but you know, 6%, you know, the rest, 94%, yeah. uh, can see something at least. And, uh, you know, I, I suppose, you know, that can be frustrating in a way itself because, you know, you're actually looking for something, but you're straining yeah, yeah, and that you know has led to very many migraines and headaches, and just it it can become very hard work. Sometimes I actually find it's easier to shut my eyes and do something than work with the little bit I've got. Well, as I said, the great thing is your book is coming out. It's it's released in September, isn't it? It certainly is. Yes. Um, I Health Week, 19th of September starts, and um, my book will be or be available to order. Fantastic. And how then can people from, get it? You can get it from Amazon. At the moment, it will be in Kindle and print format. 
and a couple of weeks later it will be available on audio. Now I know your daughter is currently reading the book on yes. audio, isn't she? That She's must be a really audio. that must be a really proud thing for you uh, to have your daughter read your book. It is really, really good. It's just amazing. And most people don't realise that it's her reading the book. When I've played them little snippets, she sounds so much like me that we both have the same sort of voice there. It's quite it's quite nice to be close. And she did actually write a chapter in the book, didn't she? She did. We both wrote the chapter about sight, when the sight loss first happened. We both wrote our chapters. We wrote them separately and didn't tell each other of the sequences of that morning or that that following week. And then we sort of got together and we both read the um, chapter. You know, we both read each other's chapters and there was so much alike. It was like she remembered everything as much as I had remembered, uh, just slightly in a different way. Like, you know, mum comes in, asks me, you know, did I sleep well? What did I want for breakfast? What was I wearing to go out today? How was everything going? As normal. And then just drops in. By the way, I can't see very well this morning. I know. I know. It's it's crazy the way we react to things uh, at these times, isn't it, really? And, you know, I thought I was doing her favour, making it not really obvious. She was like, what? (laughs) You know, you've just talked about breakfast and everything else, and then you just sort of, the last sentence you throw in. Well, just before we find out the name of your book and uh, remind people how they can get it and when they can get it, you've been a very, very, very busy lady because you've actually got another book coming out uh, have, in yes. the spring 2017 as well. Yes. Uh, what's this one about? It is a continuation about the whole living with life, start, life loss, sight loss, and the whole sort of diabetic thing. But it's more moved on because this book actually finishes about 2017 in its storyline. But there's so much stuff what's moved on since the first loss of sight, and with diabetes, obviously. And I've got so much to tell about sort of the modern-day things that are going on. So it's going to be equally as funny, because I've, you know, I, I probably get the most unusual guide dogs possible. They're all very dramatic, the two I've had. Um and it's stories about how we get along and do things. Um, stories about some things that are, are sad and difficult. Stories about how diabetes is changing. Um, and you know, just a continuation, really, to say that you know the children do grow through this and they've grown up with it, but it hasn't affected their lives. That you know they've done things with me, what we probably wouldn't have done as a family before. You know, I've even had a go flying a plane. Oh my goodness! I, Jess, I think that we've, I we've been living parallel lives. I've done that as well, and it's the yeah. most incredible feeling. It really, really is. And yeah. I think you know, uh, for me, when I was losing my sight, people used to tell me I was so brave all the time, and I used to yeah. think I don't feel brave. And then it suddenly dawned on me that you know, out of real, true fear true yes. bravery is actually born so you know you you do tend to do you know when you yeah, can't people see said to me, you, you're really really brave and i think well i haven't really got any option exactly it's exactly. not i'm brave because i'm doing something outstanding i'm just brave because i'm in that position where i have to be very brave 
Well, do you know something? I think you're an inspiration. I really do. And you're going to be an inspiration to so many people, Diane, when your book finally comes yeah. out. It is out in uh, September, 19th of September, yes. Eye Health Week. And uh, can you just tell people what it's called? It's Living with Sight Loss, a type 1 diabetic's life story. Well, thank you so much for joining us today on The Morning Mix to tell us all about it, Diane. And uh, I wish you the very best of luck with the book. Yeah, I just hope it helps many people. Well, I cannot wait to read it. Diane Woodford, author, thank you so much for joining us here on RNIB Connect Radio. Thank you ever so much. For more downloads like these, visit rnibconnectradio.org.uk slash podcasts.